City Podcast. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of Keys to the City. The trio is back. The Joseph McGuire is back. He's been a very busy, busy man, and Ted is wearing his crazy hair day, I guess. I guess. Remember back in the day, it used to be crazy hair day? Like, did you ever do hair day, Ted? Like, back in the day, crazy? You could do No, nah, because I didn't day. have crazy hair because my I, – listen, I, listen, I don't know what's changed more, either my batting stance when I was a kid because I used to – Joe, I swear to God, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make you laugh for a second. So I had, like, five different batting stances. So I had the regular – you know, I had the regular batting stance. Then I had, the like, the, the uh, A-Rod stance where you put the front foot in front. Then I had the Jay Buhner stance. Then my father just said, stick your face in front of the ball and help the team out and get on base. So, but, you know, it's, it, whatever works, you know, whatever works to help the team, that's what it's all about. But that's what we're here today. We're having a good time. We're having some Friday football talk. Friday so football. I'm excited. But, no, Trev, you know that. Oh, Trev, no, no, it's not Friday. Trev, it's, Saturday, it's Saturday well, football. Well, Trev, I mean, remember, Trev, remember when mom – I'm going to tell you a funny story, Joe. Another story? Okay. I got one more story. I'm going to make All it right, quick. Right, Trev, Joe, here's a true story. No, this game, is it so going to be a bad mom, story about me? So my mom, hold on. So my mother used to give us haircuts or kids because, you know, we were too cheap to get regular haircuts. <laughs> so my mom used to give us the crew cuts. Well, my mom had like the number three clippers on my brother's hair. You know, like we give like three or four, you know, you trim it, just give it nice, nice. Well, she didn't realize one time the clipper thing fell off, Joe. Ooh. It fell off and it went down to the barrel. Now, and now she started look. doing trims here and he, she had to do the rest of his hair. And oh my God, he was so upset. She shaved his head. It was mine as little bit. Trev, you remember this? No, we don't. He was so bald. Hold on. Speaking of that, before we, I know we've been talking for a few, but I remember you did it just a couple of years ago. You did that too to yourself. You tried to just do your hair and then I had to shave it all off. It wasn't. Yeah, but it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't all, Trev, it wasn't yes. as bad as that. Said you mom, bald, you, you remember because you got so upset with mom that she 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 didn't realize that when she was doing it, the number three fell Ted. off the slippers <laughs> and she went like this. She goes, what, mom? He goes, I love it. Hey, mom, mom, what? He goes, what? He goes, I'm sorry, Trev. The clipper fell off. I'm gonna have to like. <laughs> now, of course, now of course, when you're seven, eight years old, you're just like, okay, well, now look, no now look at me. That's just not a big thing. But look at Trev now. He's got a full beard. He's I got, got the a best hair. hair. I got the best hair. Joe's got the ponytail. I got curls. <laughs> We're ready to rock and roll. Look at us. We, we are. are. We are old men. Speak for yourself. But you can check out Keys to the City on all social media platforms, including CloverCrestMedia.com, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Check it out, Keys to the City. I but like you say, Joe, has that ever happened to you? Did your mom ever give you a crew cut back in the day and mess it up? Um, right after my wife and I started dating, we went to a wedding together, and I decided to cut my hair just before the wedding, and same thing happened. The attachment fell off, and I hit the whole back of my head. Well, don't and you remember, went, Joe? You had it a couple of years ago in the studio when you had the all you had the no soap facial hair and you had the the short short buzz cut. Yeah. <laughs> now look at you. You're like full on. Look at you, Rico Suave. All three. Yeah. Trev was like, <laughs> "What happened to you, Joe?" You're like, we, well, I went with the clean. You went the clean walking." Joe. Trev was like, "Don't do that again." Yeah, now you got to grow the beard. You got the <laughs> Ted can't grow the beard. He's got to stick with what he's got. But it is officially back. It is. And we're going to be talking college football. Yesterday, they had the major news that we will be having a 12-team playoff, so we will get into that in a little while. Is it the right? Is it the best decision for college football? We'll talk about that in a few. But also, we're talking the NFL. Ladies and gentlemen, we're only five days away until the Buffalo Bills take on the L.A. Rams. We will talk about the NFC West next week before the season, then we'll have our preview show next week before the game, so probably next Thursday. We will be talking all that, but hey, ladies and gentlemen, the boys have fallen back. Football is full and intact. They had three already great, great games last week in Ireland, the Nebraska-Northwestern game. Two classic games last night, Penn State-Purdue and the backyard brawl. Oh, my God. Wow. Unbelievable atmospheres for both games. Classic games. Games that, well, let's see if the message for this college football season can be like the first three games were. But let's talk about this NFL season because we've talked about well, we all know, guys, this was the craziest offseason that I've ever seen in my life with the quarterback signings, with the movement of receivers, with the dominance presence 
of the AFC. I was about to say the ACC. I don't know why. I guess I'm excited because college football, the Ohio State Buckeyes are playing the Notre Dame Fighting Irish tonight. I can't freaking wait to see my Buckeyes destroy the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. I'm sorry, you Notre Dame fans. But there's also a thing called bold predictions. And there could be a lot going into this season. So we're going to give you our bold predictions. And we're going to give top storylines to us. And we all have something heading into this 2022-2023 season. I have a few already. I'm going to go off of mine because I let you guys always get the floor first. But I'm going to take over first. And you guys could call me crazy. I see the New Orleans Saints winning the NFC South. They will be the best team in the NFC South. Yep, that's beautiful. I love your reaction, Ted. I'm going to go one more crazier. You want to talk about bold, bold predictions? Ted, you're going to love this. Joe, you're going to be jumping in joy. There's going to be an AFC West quarterback that's going to win the MVP, but they call it bold predictions for a reason. Give me Derek Carr as the MVP of the 2022-2023 season. I like it. it all day, guys. Please, Ted, I have to go to you first because your reaction says it all. Well, the Saints thing was my big bro. That's really? Great. Saints are going to win. I, dude, I love what the Saints did. Uh, I, listen, I, here's, the, here's my thing. I feel like they have the less question marks. They have three good receivers. If Michael Thomas can come back to 90% of what he is, with Chris Olave and Jarvis Landry, Alvin Kamara, the defense is still stout. There's nothing that's lost on this team, and and we've talked about it before. With even when Joe was out, Jamie Lewinson had a pretty good season last year, up until the point before he tore his ACL. Thirteen touchdowns, four picks. What was it? Thirteen hundred yards. They, they for some reason match up well against Tampa Bay. This is similar to how we've always had this Yankee talk with the Rays. I don't know what it is the personnel. It's like the Yankees should easily beat the Rays, but. Let's get off the baseball subject. I was that's why I gave the reaction. I'm like, damn, he stole my thunder a little bit. So that's why I was thinking the Saints too. I think the Saints could definitely win the NFC South. The other thing is I think the can Patriots you please go to the, come on, can you go the to other the, thing is I think go the to Patriots the Derek Carr. Go to the, the Derek Carr take because I know I you don't want to hear that. Well, here's the other thing. I also think the Patriots will have a top five pick next year. I think I think all these Patriot fans the, the bandwagon is over. The party's over, folks. Fireworks are all blown. You, the grand finale is over. You blew your, you blew your shot. It's over. The, the, the Tom Brady experience is over. They have no weapons. They have no offense. The, the the whole defensive regime of oh Belichick. The party's over, bro. Belichick retires. The, the Patriots are over. New regime starts. The whole the whole. Joe, game. what do you, you Joe, what what do you think about that? Do you think that Derek Carr take or Ted? Saying that the New England Patriots for the first time since I was a baby or since I had that buzz cut. The New England Patriots could be a top five pick. Which is more bolder to you? Well, I do believe the MVP is coming out of the AFC West. Tell me, it come on. What did they Derek Carr, Joe? It's his boy Justin Herbert. His name is Justin Herbert. Wow, he's got that's a bold take. I'll give you another bold <laughs> take because it's gonna contradict Ted's. I think the Patriots make the playoffs. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, 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 right. And start, I'm ex- start explaining, Joe. Start explaining. This yeah, one. please, please explain. I need the explanation. Bill Belichick. The Giants have a better chance That's of making it? the playoffs. Bill That's Belichick. It? No way. Joe, you, you, listen, you play listen. You... Hold on. They they won eleven games last year. Joe, but here's the thing. I don't think they're going to win eleven games. I think they'll win ten. I think they make the playoffs. Sorry, well, go ahead, Joe. I apologize. Ted, here's my uh, guys. Here's oh, dude, Jesus! Seven of their eleven wins last year, or ten? Seven of their ten wins last year. I think they had ten wins. We're below 500 teams. They beat up on the weak wings, Joe. They're garbage, Joe. They have no offensive talent. They have one of the worst offenses in football. Mac Jones, guess what? He was good in high school because he played with five-star athletes. He went to Alabama. Three of his receivers were drafted in the first round. He had Najee Harris as a running back. He had three first-round linemen. He had the best college coach of all time. He had five Division One. Oh, I said to start. Excuse me. Not Division One. First round draft picks. He is not playing with talent no more. He is not the guy who's a facilitator with number. If you were telling me Mac Jones is playing with, I don't know, Miami with three receivers and all those guys, or he's playing with the Kansas City Chiefs, he's playing with a defensive minded coach with no running back, no receivers. Who's his lineman? 
Who's his tight end and his defense? All those guys that use there's no Malcolm Butler, there's no, there's no, there's no, there's no Chung, there's no this guy, there's no Hold the, on. There's let, no, let me say this. There, Hold on. There's I'm no who, who, who how Hold do you on. here's my thing. Why do you why do you think the Patriots are going to make the playoffs? I think last year, I think sweetening up on bad teams helped them become a better football team. I got a, a whole year under Mac Jones's belt. And listen, straight up, Mac Jones a winner. And Bill well, when Parcells. When they draft a new quarterback next year? And, and Bill Parcells is also a winner. They're going to make this work. They've, they've, got, they've got depth at running back. They've got depth at the wide receiver position. They don't have any superstars. They got a lot of really solid players. Joe, and I tell you. If mm-hmm. anybody can turn this into a thing, it's Bill Belichick. And I just think you got the right guy at quarterback. You got a guy that knows how to win football games. I would, yeah. I would, here's my thing. I wouldn't say the Patriots had a better chance if Trey Lance was their quarterback because of the versatility of what he brings. Mac Jones is limited. Joe, you can only get so much. Well, that whole offense is limited. Uh, you you know before the show you you were talking about Jerry Jones and and that ridiculous idea that everything's going to run through Zeke. No, it's not. Uh, why would it? And but but in New England, you got Damian Harris, you got Stevenson, you got you got uh, JJ Taylor, Pierre Strong. You got you got a lot of guys that that can that can take the rock 10, 12, 14 times in a game. Every week, it seems like it's a different guy rushing for 70, 80, 90, 100 yards. Joe, here's my thing. I got to ask you. I'm yeah. just going to just, you said they're going to make the playoffs. Are they better than Buffalo? No. Are they better than Cincinnati? No. Are they better than any four of the teams in the AFC West? No. Are they better than the Baltimore Ravens? No. Are they better than the Colts? No. Are they better than the last team, the Miami Dolphins? Yes. Ted, how many teams do you have in that list? Eight. Eight. Eight they missed the play- eight, they missed eight the playoffs. Eight so they missed the playoffs by one. So they're the ninth best. Okay. How about when well, listen, Watson listen, listen, are they better than Cleveland? Through the first 11 games, yes. So it's a matter of hanging on. Here's the problem with the AFC West. They're going to beat the crap out of each other. Yeah. You're going to see one of those teams is going to be nine and eight. Yeah. So all I have to do is win nine games or 10 games and I could slide in. And the AFC, that's it. Yeah, no, yeah, you're 100% right because I don't see anyone in that AFC West winning more than 12 games. Yeah, but look, at, yeah, but look at the AFC. I can see all four of those teams being within either the nine and eight, Joe, the 10 and seven. I Listen, I think in that division, and I know we're doing bold predictions, 11 wins wins you that division, which you would say that's that's terrific. Yeah, but look at, look at the ACA. Listen, listen, 11 and 6 is terrific. You know, <laughs> I would have said bold of predictions the Giants make the playoffs. I can't even say that with a laugh. The Giants make the playoffs. Listen, I just hope Daniel Jones makes it through all 17 games. It is very difficult to get three teams in the same division into the postseason. I think it's uh, happened last year. You had the San Francisco 49ers, Cardinals, and the Rams. I think it's happened a couple other times. I think it's San Francisco, Seattle, and maybe the Rams. It it, it is very difficult. It is very difficult. You're 100% right. Joe, here's my thing. They're not going to be Buffalo either time. Oh, they will. They'll be Buffalo one game. They always do. No, they won't. They will. They haven't beaten Buffalo. They haven't been Buffalo recently. And Miami, and Miami, that's like that's Dude, they where beat I him think last year in the Mac Jones game when he threw three passes. Oh, yeah. The, the, yeah, he beat him in the Monday night game. <laughs> Bill, Bill finds a way. Bill finds a way. I'm saying the reason why I think Derek Carr, I know it's crazy because everybody's on Herbert's bandwagon or Mahomes or Josh Allen. I think Derek Carr is just completely disrespected, very underappreciated. And but With he's the worst team. quarterback. He's the worst quarterback in the division, and that's a compliment. I disagree. I agree. I agree. That's a compliment to say that. I don't think he's the worst of the I don't bunch. Think he's the worst I think we're gonna find out this season who is. Oh yeah, of course. Because all I, listen, the, I, because all you're the, tell me that Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes are are 
I didn't say he was better. I didn't say he was better than Mahomes. Russell Wilson's a better quarterback than him. He's more athletic. He has a better arm. He makes better plays. Justin Herbert is. Trev, you know this. Other than Mahomes and Josh Allen, you would probably take him third of all talented young quarterbacks. And then Patrick Mahomes. I'm sorry, but he's still the know, he's still I, the ace in the hole. Here's the thing: I never said he was the best quarterback. I didn't think he was not the best. Well, listen, straight up, the, the Raiders are going to have a better record. Yes, than the Broncos Who's not? If I had to guess, Derek Carr will have a better season, statistically speaking, than Russell Wilson does. So. Again, are we talking about who's got the most talent or are we talking about who's going to have the better season? Because if it's who's going to have the better season, definitely Derek Carr. And, Trev, you know I'm a big Derek Carr guy. Mm-hmm. I thought about throwing that out there. I had a feeling you might, and I figured I'd go Herbert just to I screw do, with you. I, with the addition of Devontae Adams having your former college teammate, yeah, you go from Aaron Rodgers to Derek Carr. I know it's a drop-off. A Hall of Famer, Derek Carr, is just trying to win a playoff game. I get that. But Derek Carr is... I mean, this is a guy that averages 4,500 yards a year. He's been the most accurate quarterback. Completion percentage-wise, he's had the best completion percentage the past couple of years at 67%. Of all the quarterbacks in the league, the great quarterbacks, Derek Carr has been that guy. He's been in a bad situation for a while. The Raiders have been a terrible, terrible, awful franchise for quite some time. And Derek Carr has somewhat brought some sort of hope for them. Now you just added Devontae Adams. You get Darren Waller healthy. If he could stay healthy, we already know how talented he is. Hunter Renfro is a slot. Uh, that's a guy that you want in your slot. He's the ideal slot receiver. And then you got Josh Jacobs. You got – I know Josh Jacobs is probably going to be his Sorry, final that's Jeff, It's Josh McDaniels. It's and, Josh, Josh McDaniels and you get a coach. great offensive-minded coach in Josh McDaniels, a second-time huh? chance. I'm going with Derek. I don't care. I'm just surprised that you haven't seen this. If you looked at the NFL in the past three to five seasons, it's the second and third year guy that dominates. So what does that do? To find a guy that's second and third year, that's Herbert winning the MVP. Here's another guy. Jeff, you hate it. I've been on it all bandwagon. Maybe it's an ESPN thing that I've been following. Trey Lance winning the MVP in the NFC. Doubt it. Jimmy G is going to be the going to be the freaking quarterback before. Listen, it's a Colin Kaepernick thing. It's the same thing without the drama. Young, athletic, fast, big, strong, can make all the throws. He probably get. He might not win the MVP, but I guarantee he's in the MVP race. I guarantee he's closer to four thousand yards passing. I guarantee he's close to six hundred yards rushing, and I guarantee he's close to thirty touchdowns this season. Six rushing. 24 passing, 12 picks, 24 and 12, six rushing touchdowns. That's that's MVP caliber numbers. And guess what? Wouldn't be surprised if San Francisco wins that division, considering they've seemed to own the Rams the past four or five seasons. But I listen, it's bold. I don't know. Listen, that's what, that's what makes bold. it so fun because there is when you go through all these things, there is so many question marks. You could say that the Bills go undefeated. You could say the Patriots have a. Uh, top five pick you could say Derek Carr is the MVP there's so many categories my question to you Boltwood is this just a quarterback race for the MVP or yes. will a running back or receiver have any opportunity this year well that brings up my two other bold predictions mm-hmm. bold prediction number one either Derek Henry or Jonathan Taylor cracks 2,000 yards on the ground love to see it would love to see it do they break my the other? Do they break, do they break Eric Dickerson's record? No, everybody always comes up like nine yards short for some reason, and they take him. They oh. take him out in the last game. I don't. I don't under. Maybe nobody wants to break that record. It seems like my other bold prediction, and I feel we we we've, we've been close and we're getting closer. Somebody cracks two thousand yards receiving. Never happened in NFL history. Nineteen sixty four is the record by uh, Megatron, the great Calvin Johnson. Um, Guys have been getting there. I think with the extra game, I think I think with this in, in a passing league like it is, I think. Who do you think someone, Joe would be the closest? Who do you who if you had to pick a guy? Would you, do you have a guy in mind? Or you just think any guy? I'm leaning towards probably Justin Jefferson. Yep. I feel like that would probably be the guy that would do it. If I mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm you know gone ahead putting some money on this, he's he's at the top of my list. I got one more, and we were going to do storylines, but I'm going to just put this in the bold prediction. Then we're going to go off into some college football and start talking about that for today because it is opening week. I know that week one was back in last week, but we're going to count this as week one of college football. Huge games today. Keys of the city talking about it. Ohio State 
Notre Dame, Georgia, and the Oregon Ducks. Four teams all have chances at making a national championship run, maybe. We'll talk about that in a few, so stay tuned. I'm going to go with this bold prediction. This is going to be crazy because we don't expect this to happen. Tom Brady is going to retire at some point in the season. During the season. In the middle of the season? Mm-hmm. Can, I was I thinking say, of that being – I, I was thinking of that. Hold on. Would that be more of a storyline to watch or is that – because, look, I'm not going to say, oh, he looks completely different. I don't care about that. But there is something going on in his life that it just seems like it's bothering him, whether it's family-related or health-related. He's not even a quitter, though. though. Oh, there I get no, that. that I get that. Person. He would, like our father, would punch us, go walk on the field and punch us in the face right then and there. He is not a quitter. Like what that if he just did? Never, what if he just said, like, he's not quitting during the season? No player quits the season. Joe, help me out. Unless Name you're Vontae da- Davis. He finishes what you started, like your father taught you belong before. What you start is what you finish. You want to quit after a season? You quit after a season. I'm telling you, he, there's no way he retires during the middle of the season. He would never leave his team high and dry. Well, he did first. during and training was, camp. Well, for 40 Joe. Days. He needed family time. Oh, that's I understand what that. But, what if, what if but, something gets but, even worse? Well, that's the question, right? We don't know what is going on. Maybe there's something that would with be, that would be an all-time low for him. I'm yeah. telling you, the disrespect oh, that dude, you let's, would let's say let's say he left the team now because something important is happening. Maybe one of his kids is having some sort of trouble or some sort of diagnosis. I'm completely speculating here. If if Giselle called him home once, what's to say it wouldn't happen again? Let's say the Bucks get off to a five and five start. I don't know. I'd like to think Tom Brady wouldn't do it, but clearly whatever's going on with the family is more important, and of course it should be. Exactly. I don't think it's going to happen. But and so I agree with you, Trevor. Like, that would be like why would you say a guy crazy. like him that's I been just, the most I, middle guy that you've seen. In football in the last 22. I mean, listen, if there's one guy that's the most committed football player that we've seen in the last 20, 25, 30 years, it's Tom Dude, Brady. He retired, he retired seven months ago. Yeah, but Brett Favre retired like five times. Well, don't, compare, don't, compare well, Brett Favre, don't compare if, Brett Favre well, to Brady. There like you that. go. If you want to bring up Brett Favre, I mean, the end of Brett Favre's career, I would say, was a disaster. Ah, he had that Viking that if he nobody cares about that. His his career ended on a really sour note. And then much like Deshaun Watson, it ended kind of with his dick in his hand. Um <laughs> no, had he got out. Well, no, remember he retired he retired with um I think as a jet. Right. That's not how you want to go out. No. You don't want to retire as a jet. No. <laughs> no good. So, so we got bold predictions. Those are some bold predictions. I'm not gonna lie. Derek Carr MVP. I don't care if people watch and people are watching and they're gonna be like, oh, these guys, yeah, we can't take them serious. Well, guess what? There's bold predictions all the time. Yeah, you want a bold prediction? Oh, the Giants bold- win the Super Bowl. That's a bold prediction. <laughs> Wait, Joe we're had- talking about the 2027 season now, right? Maybe 20, <laughs> Joe, we're getting there. Maybe we're, 20, we're, we're, Joe, we're getting there. Listen, Trev, Trev has hope. I have hope. I look at their season and go. You know what a bold prediction for the New York Giants, if we are just talking New York Giants? The Giants win more games than they lose. That's a bold prediction. So Joe had the Pats making the playoffs, and Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor going for 2,000 yards, plus receiver trying to hit the 2,000-yard mark. And Ted had the Patriots getting a top-five pick. So those are some bold predictions. No, we're not going to give you the typical, oh, the Buffalo Bills are going to win the Super Bowl. Justin Herbert's going to win the MVP. That's oh. not a bold prediction. Every one of their mother did you hear, has did you, hear, did you hear what I said? You don't yeah. listen. You don't listen. I literally just said we're not going to give you a bold prediction. That That's not a bold prediction. Sure, he, definitely, no, no, he definitely caught the tail end of your sentence. Joe, <laughs> Joe, he doesn't get it. He can't go with the flow. I'm just messing with him and having fun going, Trevor. Go with the flow. See you later. That's right. Yeah, go with the flow. There's your bold prediction. Stay. Yeah, stay. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. It's okay, Ted. You can be mad. Yeah, fuck you. Really, Ted? Really? Well, you want to mute me? Yeah, but you got you got to just say. You're the boss. You got to just you're say that. You really got to say that. Yeah. Well, you want to mute me? Uh, you, you didn't have to killer. mute me. You're this part's you're getting killer. edited out. You're killing it. You're killing <laughs> yeah, this whole, yeah, this whole part's gonna get edited out, so it doesn't even matter. It doesn't you, matter. Thank you. I love dealing. I love dealing. I love dealing with a 21 year old kid. 
I love it. Thank you. If I wanted to have a children a child, I would have. Anyways, thank God. You already do have one, so thank you, God. So shut so shut up. Really? Really? Gotta be that way. Well, you want to bring up the t- tactics, go with the flow. You don't like it? Don't throw darts at the All right. So let's talk about the college football playoff. We're gonna go to college football playoff. Anyways, as we the big news yesterday. College football committee finally has made a decision to vote unanimously vote unanimously implementing in 2026, but as soon as the 2024 season, a 12-team playoff. A bit of a surprise that it took this long. But guys, I will ask you, are 12 teams the correct amount for the college football playoff? Because we've been talking for years, and my whole take on I'd be good with eight. I think having 12 is pushing the limit. And if anything that we've seen, guys, I know we get sometimes the Darlings, the Coastal Carolinas, you get the Cincinnati's. But realistically, this, even in the BCS era and going into the college football playoff era, it has been dominated by SEC, Ohio State, and recently Clemson. Those have been the teams. Not has been There hasn't been great success in the Pac-12. Hasn't been great success with the Big 12. It's been SEC dominance or it's been an Ohio State, or recently has been the Clemson Tigers. So I'll start with Joe. Are 12 teams the correct amount for the college football playoff? Yeah, uh, because I, I think in, in in essence, look if you're giving your top two teams buys, then then it's really the next 10, mm-hmm. uh, five games, and then you're, you're just wilting this down to, uh, again, dude, it's, it's going to be the SEC teams. This is very much designed for that. The idea of going to 12, this isn't to help out the Coastal Carolinas. This is this is so what happens? I'm going to put Georgia in there. I'm going to put Bama in there. Um, let's say. Uh, USC, Oklahoma. You know but what is I mean? it more like, of a participation? Florida, Florida wins like- 10 games. I want to get far. I want to get as many SEC teams in here as I this can. This is all about money. This is, is all yep. about money. Well, who, of course this is. You know it and I know it. It's all about money. No one gets. The 12th team ain't going to win the national championship. Never would have. Maybe in 1986. is not going to happen in 2022. The 12th team would get smoked by 46 points against the number one team, which is Alabama, Georgia. What's what's Oregon? 21-point underdog against Georgia? 17. Right? What is Notre Dame? 17 and a half. They're the five seed. The five seed in the country. Who are they playing? What, the number two or three team in Ohio State? They're a 17 and a half point underdog. Is that correct, Trev? Are they 17? Yeah. They got then what is the 12 seed gonna have? They got no opportunity. This is nonsense. Trev, you said it, I said it, Joe said it. Eight teams is the match you should have it at. If not, just put in a two. At the end of the day, it's the same damn two and two teams every year. It's gonna be the same four teams this year. Georgia's gonna be in the national championship with Alabama. No one's gonna compete against them. Clemson's not good enough because they don't have a quarterback, and no one else is close enough. Sorry, USA, you're not there. Texas, you stink. Oklahoma, your defense is not caliber enough. Georgia and Alabama are the two best teams. It's not even close. It's not even close. They have Georgia has three first round draft picks. They have two defense linemen and a star cornerback. Alabama has five first round draft picks. They have the best quarterback. They have they have a star running back. They have the best defensive player in the country, Willie Anderson, possibly. They have a number one cornerback and who's going to be drafted. Stop telling me about USC and Oklahoma and Florida because they're all going to be beat by twenty-one to twenty-eight points. It's but here's the, here's sense. here's my argument, and and maybe I'm not I'm not in favor of the twelve team. I'd be always in favor of the eight team. This whole NIL impact can change drastically now with the money coming in, and then players. Guess what? Maybe players go to other teams. I mean, for goodness sake, the kid um, well, the number two two recruit went to Jackson State to go play with Deion Sanders. Oh, the defensive back. Yes, I mean, because of, like, money. You just said, Ted, you said money. You emphasized the money part. Well, this NIL deals that have been going on could change everything. Alabama, we've already seen the frustration of Nick Saban with this, and it gave in the little epic little bickering and backering of Jimbo and Nick Saban, which I can't wait for October 8th. But you, you got to take that in consideration, too. Is you the know what NIL. the absurdity to that whole thing was, by the way? I mean, take a look at Alabama. Yeah. The, the depth of that Alabama team 
despite the transfer portal, despite all the guys they put in the NFL. Uh-huh. That, They're that better this is, year than next, last year. Oh, yeah. Listen, you don't know any of the of the names of some of the – you will within a couple of weeks. You'll know who all these guys are. Yeah. Uh, they're head and shoulders. Here's the problem for Georgia. I mean, half of Georgia's defense from last year is coming back. The other half's in the NFL. And so, uh, I've just been talking to Ovi Muniz yesterday, who's a, 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 a diehard Georgia fan. He's like, Georgia's not even, Georgia's a, a, a step below Alabama. And everyone's oh. a step below them. That's, I mean, to me, I think this is an absolute blowout. Bama goes 14 and 0. Bryce Young wins the 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 Heisman. I don't think that's even a question. I don't think anybody can hang with the depth of this team. Well, here's the thing. Here's here's what I would say to this. So, Alabama will be better than last year because they bring the quarterback back. They bring the best defensive player back. They get a they get a transfer running back from Georgia Tech who is fucking electric. Can catch the ball from the from the outside. Can run the ball. Can do a bunch of stuff. Right? They lose the receivers receivers that they had last year. But they have Joe, what you said specifically is their depth of their, their team. They'll have more depth. Those players that had a lot of playing time last year will be key contributors this year. Here's the other thing. This is here's the two factors I would say. Ohio State might have the best offense in college football this year. They might have the best quarterback, best running back, best receiver in the game. All three are on the same team. What I'm saying is they could have the Heisman Trophy quarterback, they could have the Blitnikoff receiver, and they could have the um, – Doug Walker Award. Thank you, sir. I knew you would pick me up on that. We have yeah, the top no running back in, in Trayvon Henderson. So they could have the best offense. The problem with Ohio State the past couple of years has been their defense. Their defense has been their liability going forward. So can Ohio State defense be able to withstand the offenses of the Georgia new offenses? And uh, Alabama. Well, here's because some... I'll tell you this. Georgia's defense, I know they all the talent they lost. Their best defensive player still is on their team. And Carter. And Jaylen they have Carter, yeah. and they have one of the best corners. And they have another defensive player that's going to be a top five. A be, at least based listen, this is all based on guys that do mock drafts and do all these things that that we read about. Okay. So they have th- Based on the latest mock draft, they had three guys ranked in the top 12 in the mock draft. Uh-huh. Uh, this is Georgia I'm talking about, right? Alabama had three or four guys too. So those teams are loaded, and you know the coaching is stellar. There's Other than Ryan Day from, from Ohio State, those are the three best coaches in football. So can anyone – the question is to Travis, can anyone else compete with those three teams? That's the biggest question. I don't know. Well, the- we, we don't personally know. I'll put it this way, Trevor. We've always said it. We love the stories of Coastal Carolina. We love those stories of Cincinnati. They are great college football stories. But this is not March Madness. College football is a man's game. The better you know what, though, Ted wins more times than not. To me, to have this 12-teamer, I think it allows you to reward a team like a Coastal Carolina. To give that, them a chance. Again, dude, we know they're going to get blown out, but so is Florida. So is Miami. It doesn't matter who it is. Why not be able to put a team like that in there? The exposure, the money, you are helping to but build. But is that really program. good for college football? The product. Oh, dude, yeah, of course. Listen, if I can, if I can get the top 11 teams in the country in here and I could squeeze one Cinderella for fun's sake, Joe, That's great for college football. Who's not going to like that? The, the only thing I would say about what's good about this is that it's just more football. To Absolutely. Me, that's that's yeah, the only thing. There's no a other, whole extra round of games here. But there's no other, I would say, another pro to this at addition of 12 teams because of the fact that it's been just dominated, the recent dominance of the SEC and the recent dominance of the same old teams. It's always it's always been the same. It's been nothing different. It was kind of like in the NFL back in the 80s, the 90s. It was always the Steelers. It was always the Niners. It was always the Cowboys. It was always the same teams, kind of just like the Patriots. It was always the same teams. And you know how that got? People get bored. But, yes, in this aspect, it's more football, and we love football, more football. But the NIL deals could play a factor moving forward because maybe you will get to see these other players that go to these other teams like Oregon. Notre Dame, Cincinnati's, those type of teams that are competing, have been to college football playoffs, but are just not there. They're not quite at that the mountain. They're not at the top of the mountain. They're just there, 
They're respectable. They will be competitive, but they'll never get over the hump. With the NIL, the only thing that could help with that is that now you could get players maybe not always going to Alabama, not always going to Clemson, Georgia, Ohio State. Maybe they go to other teams around the right. country, and you add that sort of sense of parity but back to college football. But if you're football. a star athlete, where else would you want to go, bud? Like I've always said this, if you're, and this has always been my biggest argument. If I'm one of the better players in college sports and I'm a women's basketball, I always use the women's basketball thing. Uh-huh. Where else would I rather play than UConn Huskies? I want to – Gino Oriema is the best coach, and it's not even close. Don't give me Don Stanley. Don't give me any of these. I want to play for Gino Oriema. He gets the best out of me. I am either going to be great or I am going to fall and, and become part of the shuffle. He makes women – women and beca- and they become they become special. All, all I know is this. If I'm one of the best players in college football, ba- women, I'm not going – there's nowhere else I'd rather play than UConn Husky yeah. basketball. So if I'm a football player, Trev, and I'm one of the best players in college football, I understand I can go to Texas and be a star like Arch Manning. You know where I want to go? I want to go to Alabama. I want to compete against the best. I don't want to just get the job because I'm the best player. I want to earn the job. I want to be in the national championship every single year. Personally, that's how I feel. I don't know how other guys feel. I get what you're saying. You are 100% right. Because Dion and Saban were on ESPN a couple weeks ago, and they said, here's the thing. Some guys are just going to college, certain colleges, because of the NIL deals, Trev. And you're 100% right. They're not there to better themselves and get to the pros. They're more there for the money so, to grab what they can get now. When Dion said, it's not about what you can get now. It's about what you can get 5, 10, 15 years down the road. That can really change your family. So sure, that's, that's easy for a rich person to say. I had a friend in 1997 who graduated from Southington High School. I think she was the all-time leading scorer ever. Uh, she was, uh, uh, you know, all, all state here in Connecticut. Um, and was recruited by UConn and didn't want to sit the pine for three years. So she went to Providence because where she, she became right off the, bat. the star player at Providence for all four years. And she competed against UConn. Mm-hmm. So she was still playing against the best. She told me, and I thought this was remarkable. I would rather be a starter on a, on a worse team and play against the best than to be a bench warmer on the best team. I think it's a mindset. I understand where you're coming from. I would want to play for Alabama and for the Yankees. I mean, that that that's an easy well, one. Here's but my thing. I, there are a lot of athletes though that are thinking about, you know, again, I think if you're a guy like Arch Manning, like why don't go to Tennessee, don't go to Ole Miss. Like steer clear of those schools. Do your own thing, dude. And I'm glad he did choose Texas. You know, or wherever, you know, he was between George, Alabama, Texas. He's going to go to Texas. We'll see what happens. Of course, you have the uh, kid, Quinn Ears, who was a uh, – he moved up last year in the draft class or, excuse me, in the, um, you know, the class. Recruiting he class. ended up early enrollment into Ohio State. He didn't start last year. C.J. Stroud was, which ended up being a really good deal. He ended up transferring to Texas. So we'll see what happens. Arch Manning could be Here's the details of this. So it includes the six highest-rated conference championship champions and the six at-large teams. The four highest-ranked conference championships champions will receive first-round buys. Teams 5 through 12 will play first-round games, and then the second and third or second and third weekend of December. Quarterfinals and semifinals will be played in bowl games as well. Those Trev, does, part, those does the first round of... game say that they'll be played at the home stadiums? Yeah, it'll be, it'll be first so round that, games. See, that, that's what I home. do like. That's, and, then the sec- and then those games following quarterfinals, semifinals will be played. And that's, and that's something I do enjoy because I think when we, Trev, like, we watched a game last Saturday, like a backyard brawl with Pittsburgh and West Virginia, Bringing that home stadium atmosphere, I think that brings more electricity. You know what I mean? Getting a Texas who might be a 12 seed to play in Florida or get – well, now they're being the SEC. That'll happen. But, you know, getting that – those teams playing each other in stadiums. Like, what about how seats a four seed and, and the semifinals are like they're playing in Alabama? And it's not just a, a you know a Rose Bowl or, a hot, or an Orange Bowl. It's – you're going to play in Alabama. You're going to play in Auburn. You're going to play in Tennessee. You're going to play in Los Angeles. You're going to play in the hedges of Georgia. I think the home crowd atmosphere is, it's just, is, is huge. And the way I would think about it is what, the way we've talked about baseball is the importance of winning your conference, winning your division, 
being one of those top seeds, having that home field advantage, the importance of that. Let's close out with this. Speaking of Georgia and, and situations like that and having home crowd advantages. Well, today, tonight, starting in only a couple hours from now, 3.30, it starts the national champ, def- defending national champs, take on the Oregon Ducks, heavily favored Georgia Bulldogs. And then tonight's the nightcap between the number two team in the country, the Ohio State Buckeyes, and the number five team in the country, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Guys, Ted, or Joe, I'll start with you. What does Oregon and Notre Dame have to do today and tonight to pull off the major upsets and and pretty much just throw a huge wrinkle into already a, a, a season that we all do have to flat tires? <laughs> yeah, right. Look, like Teddy said, I mean, I think the fact that you got teams ranked at the top ten that are like you know twenty point underdogs tells you pretty much all you need to know. If my my here's my thought. It's early in the season. You saw the way UConn played against Utah State. You saw Nebraska getting upset. Teams tend to be a little bit vulnerable right out of the gate. You you don't know, you don't know what you're gonna get in the first couple weeks of the season. And so the these kind of games early in the season where someone's gonna take an L quick, it's easy to assume Ohio State's gonna come rolling out and 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 but maybe they won't. And I think Oregon can only hope that they haven't worked out the kinks yet. I think uh, uh, flip the games. Yeah. You know what I mean? (laughs) Again, I I think early in the season, all you can hope for is, is that the the teams just aren't fully ready. They haven't practiced enough, but yeah, I I think these games are going to go exactly the way we think they're going to go. My take on this whole, on both of these games, I hope both games are great. My take is it's very similar. Oregon, are you going to be able to move the ball on the Georgia Bulldogs? And Notre Dame, are you going to be able to keep up with the Ohio State Buckeyes? Because you look at this team, this Ohio State team, they got the three-headed monster. They got C.J. Stroud. They got Jackson Smith-Nigba. And they got Trayvon Henderson. All three guys are strong cases for possibly winning the Heisman this year. Plus, Notre Dame's top receiver, Avery Davis, is out after he suffered an ACL injury back in August. So they're going to have to find some ways to move the ball. And the best way you can do to keep off a great high-octane offense like this Ohio State team, which is probably to some the best in the country, got to control the time of possession. Joe loves that word, time of possession. You got to run the football and keep that offense off the field. My big thing for Ohio State, and it's been like this for years, is can that defense stop a nosebleed? Because recent recent Hasn't been that way. It's been anything but. Giving up almost 600 yards against Oregon last year. Giving up over 500 yards against the Utah Utes. And the Rose Bowl game, Alabama in the National Championship game, giving up almost 600 yards too. This defense has been a huge question mark for this Ohio State team. It's not about the offense. Is it can the Ohio State defense stop a nosebleed? And can Notre Dame keep up with the points? Because this offense is going to be clicking. We'll see. Because Ohio State struggled out the gate last year against Minnesota. We'll see if they are. We'll, we'll see if they're ready to go this year. And then Oregon, Bo Nix, you're playing against a familiar foe. Can you can you somehow move the ball on this Georgia defense, which a historic defense last season, but a lot of key pieces are now at playing Sundays instead of Saturdays. So these games, I'm hoping for some great games. I really am. I just see that. I think the point spreads it like Vegas always is saying something. They're both 17 and a half point favorites. They got to mean something when you're the number five team in the country and you're 17. I know it's in Ohio state. I get it. And George is playing in the Falcon stadium, Mercedes Benz stadium. That's pretty much a home game. That's pretty much a home game for the, the Georgia Bulldogs. So can these teams move the ball, keep up with them? If not, it's going to be a long day. For both these teams. And Ted, I'll close out with you because your team also has a huge game. What do you expect from Florida tonight? So here's the thing. Oregon, the only thing I think would have a chance is their former defense coordinator, Dan Lanning, is their new head coach. So he'll know his personnel. Now, there's 15 players drafted from this Georgia team last year. Five of them on that defensive side of the ball. We know the type of defense they had last year, but they still have three studs on that defense. Nolan Smith, Carter, and Ringo, cornerback, linebacker, and defensive line. My thing is this. Try to keep the game close as much as possible, hopefully. Bo Nix, a transfer from Auburn, will be the new Auburn 
quarterback. He's familiar with Auburn. Listen, Dan Lanning. Maybe, he's familiar with or, or Georgia. Well, at least in uh, at least in that personnel wise, he's playing against them. Doesn't mean he had success. At least he will know what the hell he's facing. All right. Mm -hmm. I mean, so it, it's better than Joe Schmo or you and me or Joe going behind the lineup. Okay. Listen, at the end of the day, I think Oregon gets blown out at the end. I think Georgia's defense, speed, size, the whole the whole kit and caboodle, kit and caboodle Trev. I think at the end of the day, the spread says it all, like you said in that game. I think Oregon, people are going to get hyped up, but I think when you play in the SEC, it's a whole different ballgame. And, Joe, like you kind of – I'll take your statement. The first game, you never know what to expect. But if for some reason or another, certain SEC coaches, certain teams seem to be already in midseason form by week one – think this ends up being a blowout. I think this ends up being at least a 21 points game. Georgia takes care of business. Oregon, it, it, they're rebuilding. They still they're missing pieces. They're still Dan Lanning's trying to grow something Oregon to where they're at. But this Georgia team is back for one reason, one reason only. Certain guys stayed back. Sense Bennett, the returning. I mean, listen, they got the quarterback back. They got three stud guys. They could have the number one pick next year. And what's it, Jalen Carter, the defense end, Ringo, Nolan Smith, the linebacker. I mean, they got studs all over, man. We're, we're talking studs. We're talking studs, bro. We're talking Heisman Trophy candidates on the defensive side of the ball. That Joe, game will have to Quick second. The only thing I say with the Notre Dame House State game is this. Notre Dame cannot turn this into a seven-on-seven -seven game. This cannot be no lineman throwing the ball around because that's what Utah ended up turning that game around. And we saw what happened. C.J. Shaw, Traven Henderson – um, what's it? Um, oh my God. I know is Trev, help me out the receiver's name. I Jackson, got it in my head. Jackson Smith, Nigba. Thank you very much. I know you got oh. it. I, I was going to pronounce it like an idiot and I know you would have my back. They got the three best offensive players possibly in all of college football. Like I said before, we got to turn this into a dirty, muddy down and pound game. Keep the ball control. The, the way I was saying oh, this. So exactly what I said. Well, no. Oh, what I was you're just, you're just, just copying, you're copying me. Well, I, I wasn't. I wasn't listening to your nonsense because I like. I normally I don't listen to your BS. Turn this into the Michigan Ohio State game. Run the football. Control the line of scrimmage. Something that Joe was always talking. about. Win the battles in the trenches. That is the only way you're going to beat Ohio State. And that's how teams have beaten Ohio State in the past. Is control the line of scrimmage offensively and defensively. If you want to play skill, skill on skill, you lose. More likely than not, your skill doesn't beat Ohio State's skill. But if you want to beat them, beat them in the trenches. For Florida, listen, <laughs> I'm moving real quick. Florida, this is this is a huge test for them. You got a brand-new coach in Billy Napier from Louisiana Lafayette. They haven't lost a home game since 1977. They're playing a top-10 team in Utah. Trev, you sent me a stat on Instagram that Florida's paying Utah. What was it, 500000 Trev, did you send me? Yeah. Utah's Florida's paying them to play. Uh -huh. They haven't what longest active winning home openers, 32 straight since 1989. They haven't lost a home opener. All right. Utah travels to Florida since 1977. For Florida, I don't know what to expect, Jeff. I really don't. Because this is not like NFL football where you get preseason games and you know what to expect. All right. You got a bunch of young talent, you got a bunch of new coaches, you got transfers. My personal preference is how do we compete? How do we compete against this team? Because Utah is ranked in the top 10 for a reason. Last year I thought they were going to get blown out against Ohio State, and they competed and they should have won the game. They just – I felt like the tank ran empty, like they ran out of gas at the end, and Ohio State had a little bit left over. How do they compete against a top 10 team? That, for me personally, is how do they compete? It's not about winning or losing. It's how do they compete? How does Billy Napier's team of the Florida Gators compete against this Utah U team, who a lot of people suspect could be in the college football national championship playoff um, conversation at the end of the season? That's what I want to see. How does – and, you know, he wants to change his nickname. I don't know what it is now, but AR-15 Richardson – He's a stout. He's a stud, all right? This kid has a possibility to be in a top-10 talent next year. I think he has all the makings of being a Cam Newton, uh, Johnny Manziel. You know, he, he, he's he got athleticism. He can run the ball. He can throw the ball. What does Billy Napier's new offense in the Florida Gators look like? That, personally, as a fan, I want to see them compete. That's what I want to see. And if they can compete, they have an opportunity to win because I know in the swamp with 92,000 screaming fans in Gainesville – They'll have an opportunity to win. It's a 7 o'clock kickoff, ESPN. Let's rock, let's roll. Chomp, chomp, go Gators. So finish Love up. It. 
my sleeper team this year is Oklahoma. I'm going to tell you why. And Teddy, I understand your concerns about their defense. They had an amazing spring. They've got a multiple look defense, but more importantly, they've got a quarterback. He's David. five foot 11 in a long line of undersized quarterbacks at Oklahoma. Dylan Gabriel is a stud through for 7,000 yards and 60 touchdowns That's at UCF. Mm-hmm. And he's got I'm his offensive coordinator back, and he's in Oklahoma. I'm and telling Bell you. The coordinator who knows how to play defense. I historically don't like uh, Oklahoma. They tend to slip up early in the season, and they blow it, and then they lose one of their games to Oklahoma State or – you know, one of the other. No, you know what it is? Uh, they lose happens. Iowa State every time. Iowa State. Oh, yeah. on a this, team, this team, this team 100% will get off to an 8-0 start before they play their, their first ranked team. It's it's uh, all the only two teams they're playing are Baylor and Oklahoma State. The rest of their schedule is a cakewalk. The defense is a lot better. I t- I'm telling you right now, you're going to hear this name a lot this year. Dylan Gabriel's got the stuff. I think Oklahoma is definitely going to be the sleeper team of the year. They're sitting at ninth right now. As teams start to fall off, they'll stay nine, eight, seven, and towards the end of the season, they'll make their way into the top five. Mark my words. Well, you hit it there. There's your mark your words. That's a bold prediction from Z, Joseph McGuire. Like I said, huge games today. The Georgia Bulldogs take on the Oregon Ducks. The Florida Gators take on the Utah Utes. You got also Arkansas versus Cincinnati, another huge game. And yeah. then you got the nightcap tonight. You got the Ohio State Buckeyes taking on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Serena just Whoop. lost her first set. She was up 5-3. Five, five, she lost the first set 7-5. They're going into the second set. I know it's not what we're talking about, but I'm in. I'm, I'm telling you, everyone's talking about the Serena Williams thing. Joe, have you guys on any of the podcasts talk about the Serena Williams thing? Yes, I mean it's amazing. And, and did anyone see Tiger Woods? That dude looks jacked. What is he taking, Joe? But we, right. but we will be back in five days to talk about the NFL season. Well, five days away until the NFL season, the Buffalo Bills taking on the LA Rams. Plus, we'll be talking finishing up with the NFC West preview, and then we will be having our football preview from Keys to the City. So, guess what, ladies and gentlemen, we are full in effect of the Boys of Fall. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you next episode. We are out. You are now in tune to the Keys to the City podcast.